Hey everyone, this is Gary Ross with Inside Comms. If you want to be a better communicator, you should definitely listen to the Art of Communications podcast with my buddy Greg Rice. Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life. So let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. Hey guys, today I'm sitting down with Gary Ross. Gary is the founder and president of Inside Comms, which provides training, coaching, and consulting around internal communication, which is something that was fairly new to me. He's also a principal at Thought Leaders LLC, where they help companies and individuals build strong leadership, communication, and strategy skills. He's a former chief communication officer for Fortune Brands, an Emmy-nominated broadcast journalist, and he's also the PA announcer for Northwestern football games and basketball games. So if you're in the Chicago area and you've been to a Northwestern game, you've probably heard Gary's voice before. Um, we get into a number of things that, that I learned a lot from. First, he defined what internal communications is for us and, and why it's so truly important. We talked about the keys to great leadership and how leaders can help their teams navigate really dramatic change. We talked about how to communicate up effectively and why the best conversations happen after 4.30 p.m. So I, for one, was not very familiar with internal communications, so I learned a lot from this interview. And I can tell you there's a ton of gold nuggets in here about how leaders can communicate more effectively. So enjoy. So Gary, thank you for joining us on the Art of Communication podcast. Really excited to have you on today. Yeah, Greg, thank you very much. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you about the world of inside communications, right? Because it's something that I don't have a lot of visibility into, and I don't know that our audience does. But I think that uh, something entrepreneurs and folks who are maybe leaders of smaller companies that you know don't have internal departments around this kind of thing can certainly learn a lot about how to do it well. Absolutely. You know, there there is certainly an expertise around it and internal communication professionals. The field of internal communication is certainly advancing at a, at a pretty good clip. You've A lot of firms have seen the importance of it, especially during the pandemic. So so there's that. But uh, I, I think as, as companies are growing and they are starting up, there are certain principles around it that that leaders should or and can keep in mind to to help them as they as they build their organizations, and that'll help them also as their organizations become bigger and get more and more people. A lot of the same principles will will apply. So definitely want to get into some of those principles, but let's start out just on how you kind of got into this world in the first place, and, and kind of what you and your firm do, and then we'll kind of take it from there. Yeah, so I, I grew up in the business. Well, I, I, as a uh, on the media relations side, uh, I started out of school as a broadcast journalist. So in, in, I was mm. in TV and radio for several years, and then got into communications on the media relations side, and kind of came up through that end. And as my career progressed and got some more responsibility, I started to get more exposure to internal communications. And what I what I really enjoyed about it was the sort of the simultaneous ability to help organizations and individuals within those organizations on a, on a daily basis. So you're helping organizations by having an informed and engaged workforce, and you're helping individuals by 
ex- explaining to them and, and showing them how what their job means in the greater scheme of things, where they fit in perhaps to a, a big change that's going on or a new strategic initiative. So they can go at home at night and sit around the dinner table and explain that to their family. Or as they're walking in the door every day, they understand, you know, hey, I'm not only going to sit down and do my job, but it's a part of something bigger. And that's inspiring, I think, to, to people. And it helps them give them a sense of belonging. And by doing that, you're helping your, your organization have an engaged, productive workforce. So it's a, really, it's a, it's a win-win for, for everyone. You've got that business success on one side, and then you're helping individuals on a daily basis on the other side. And I think that's a pretty cool combination. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So define for us what internal communication is, you know, relative to other types of communication, I guess, in the business world. How much time do we have? <laughs> what time does it take, I guess? Five, you yeah. get five minutes up. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> set the buzzer when I'm, when I'm out of time. No, I, you know, and I say that because, because there are so, so many different definitions for internal communication. And it's, you know, on, on one hand, I look at it as the, the old news reporter in me, you're sort of like an internal news bureau. You're disseminating information. You're letting people know what's going on. And there's a there's an intrinsic value in that. There's also, though, that uh, ability, once again, an opportunity to to engage, motivate, and inspire people, give them that sense of, of belonging to help reinforce a culture in an organization, which is which is also a pretty powerful piece. You're also supporting leaders in, in what they're doing, helping them explain and communicate and, and give voice to their vision, which is the foundation for their strategy and really for where an organization may be going. So it's, it's really multifaceted. So when I look at a, at a definition, I kind of get back to what I said just a moment ago. It's, it's a, a field where you have the opportunity to simultaneously help an organization and its individuals become successful through information, through inspiring, through engagement. And you took less than five minutes. So that was great. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and that was a very <laughs> succinct and powerful definition. <laughs> so you talked a good bit about engaging, motivating, inspiring culture. Share a little bit about how do you do that well? Especially, I think, looking at the perspective of, hey, I'm, I'm starting a company or have a small team. How do I sell my vision to them? How do I get them excited about being part of this? Well, to begin with, I think as a leader, uh, a lot of the things you want to focus on are the principles of authenticity, clarity, leveling with people, both in 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 bad, especially in bad situations. Mm-hmm. But it's um, and then also communicating to folks what's in it for them. Why should they? Why should they come on board? Why should they follow you? Why should they dedicate and devote themselves to the strategy that that you're putting forth? especially during a, in a change situation, especially where things can get really rocky and, and uncertain, you want to give people a sense, well, why should I stick around during all of this? So if, if I'm a startup where I'm sure there's, there's lean times, there's a lot of uncertainty, there's, I'm sure there's great days, I'm sure there's really tough days. What I think you want to give people in that situation is the, the what's in it for them. Why should they stick around with you during not only the good times, but the bad times and the uncertain times as well. And so by positioning your strategy with, here's not only what's good for the business and what's good for the business should be good for you individually, but also here's, 
here are some of the benefits for you, whether it's compensation or it's um, it's equity, whether you get a rush from being in a in a startup, or career development opportunity, and so forth. But giving that to to folks and having uh, giving them something to to hold on to 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 say, all right, yeah, I should I should stick around during this. It's it's worth it. Is is something especially for for startup folks? I think is is important. Absolutely, I think from a startup perspective, that is super important because you have a lot of uncertainty in the future for sure, and your strategy might change five times before you nail it down. And there's going to be a lot of change, and you have to be able to have the team buy into that and have them be flexible with it, and have them. I, I trust your leadership. I think at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and you, you build that trust over time. You can't, you can't just send an email out and say, okay, at 11 o'clock this morning, we're going to start trusting each other. Uh, <laughs> just I wish, right? it, it doesn't work that way. And sometimes it's really tough because, you know, you've got, um, you're asking people to believe you when you've just made a change and you say, hey, this is going to pay off in six months, a year, 18 months, whatever. And you have no way of showing them that until you get six, 12, and 18 months down the line. So building that trust along the way is, is, is helpful in those particular situations. So how do you build trust? Well, you, you become, you communicate in an authentic way. You, you shed a lot of the corporate lingo uh, jargon and so forth. And you talk to somebody as a, as a human being. You have humanity. You have empathy for people. A lot of people talk about transparency, and I think that's the uh, the intentions are good there, but you can never really offer a hundred percent transparency through no one's fault. I mean, there are things that you just can't talk about, whether from a competitive mm-hmm. standpoint or it's a personnel <laughs> issue or or what have you. But instead of that, what you can offer people is clarity. You can show them that you are telling them everything you can when you're able to and and breaking it down for them so they understand as best as possible what's going on uh and and a big uh, something very closely related to that too is is visibility uh in an office situation you know we talk about the old mbwa managing by walking around just mm-hmm. being someplace is uh is an act of communication and and a way of, so of projecting a a sense of normalcy and so forth in a remote world. Now, you know, maybe it's a, it's a sense of, uh, uh, regular zoom calls, conversations, uh, regular emails and, and so forth where we're able to, to continue that presence. So those are some of the key, I think, principles that can help somebody build that trust. So when you need it, you can, you can cash in. Great. Now, do you get much into things like body language, tonality and, and things like that, knowing that, um, when folks are watching leaders, right, they're reading all of that. They're not just reading what they're saying. Yeah, uh, I, I, a little bit. So especially in a, in a I'm, I'm not a body language expert necessarily or, or have studied that greatly. But, you know, when, when we're in, a, in an event or if somebody is, is speaking to a group, we'll talk, about, we'll talk about body language. Don't stand there with your arms crossed. If you're on stage and someone else is speaking, don't check your watch or start yawning, which I've seen people do. (laughs) (laughs) Pay attention to the person just like, you know, you want the people in the audience to be to be doing. So there are some things that that, you know, we could talk to people about that. But the the greater point, I think, is that everything communicates. 
everything communicates. Uh, it's not just your your emails or your phone calls or your town halls or or whatever, but it's whether or not you're you're in the office. It's whether or not your door is closed. It is whether or not you're stomping down the hallway as you're walking or you're very leisurely. Whether you're smiling or you look concerned, is your head always buried in your phone when you're when you're walking? Those sorts of things communicate to people. Those are acts of communication. So thinking about not only when you're, I guess, overtly communicating, but also just how you're you're carrying yourself and how you are, you know, really performing in a in a way around your folks. That's those are all acts of communication. Couldn't agree more. It's great to think a lot more holistically about it, I think, than we usually do. From a body language perspective, I've found that if you are being really authentic, your body language comes across as more authentic and helps you connect better, right? But yes. if you're trying to fake a body language to convey a certain message, that's going to come across too, and it's not going to necessarily go over as powerfully. Absolutely. But you can, I think, <laughs> go too far in the other way. I, I recently worked with a with a CEO who was so authentic, and I would and you could see how people were drawn to to his tone. And I would tell him that people love your, your authenticity, keep, keep it up. But he was so relaxed and so calm that he almost came across as low energy. And sometimes he, you know, he would lean up against the podium and kind of look down and, you know, kind of take a deep breath. And, you know, in a 45 minute meeting, you know, you need a little more, you need a little more pep than that. So True. That's, true. Uh, uh, there's a fine line there sometimes. That's interesting. Yeah. Now you mentioned kind of working with the CEO and a lot of these big organizations, the CEO is delivering the message to a certain group of people, but you know, it's going to funnel down to a lot of supervisors and managers and middle level management who have to communicate the same message. Are you able to work with them or are you primarily working through senior leadership to try to funnel that message down? Well, well, both, you know, there's uh there's that phrase out there, the, the frozen middle, which uh, we try to unfreeze when we have big <laughs> communication needs in an organization, whether it's a large announcement, a change situation, and, and so forth. So in, in working with senior leaders, we'll say, okay, here's, here's what's best for, for you to talk about here. And then we're going to give some reinforcing talking points and maybe some Q&A to the manager and director level. and connect with them and say, okay, here's what the senior leaders are saying. Here's what you guys should be saying. And by the way, here's 10 slides that you could use in your, in the course of your next regular staff meeting to communicate this particular thing. And we want you to do it sometime in the next 30 days. And then maybe somewhere along the line, we'll remind them, Hey, did you go through that, that thing that, that we gave you? So in, in an ideal, you know, holistic strategic communication plan, we'll work with We'll work with all those folks and make sure that they're interacting with large audience, the large audiences in the way that is, is best for them. And we, we need to make, a, make each of those leadership groups aware of what their role is in the process, too. So they're not stepping on each other. They're not rep- overly repetitive. And they understand their, their role. Sure, sure. Now, just talk a little bit about the value of getting internal communication right. I'm sure you've seen it go well. I'm sure you've seen it not go well. What's what's the what's the difference there? You know, uh, in in any, it's almost like in anything else with with business. It's time. It's time and money. Mm-hmm. If if internal communication doesn't go well, then you've got wasted productivity or low productivity, 
wasted energy that that people are using on the on the wrong things perhaps and and that just that just drags down the organization when it does go well people are informed if again if it's a change situation they're they're informed their anxieties are allayed as best as possible you can't get rid of it entirely but mm-hmm. allayed as best as possible and ideally they turn around and say okay they told me what was going on they're going to they're leveling with me i'm going to turn around and get back to work and and productivity continues on it doesn't take a dip there's minimal water cooler chatter and people are doing their jobs mm-hmm. so that's really what's at stake is is if you want to maximize the effectiveness, the efficiency, the productivity of your workforce, whether it's in a routine situation or in a change situation where there's a lot of distraction, internal communication can can really help you do that. By the way, at a teeny tiny fraction of the total amount of money being spent on whatever initiative it is you're communicating about. I mean, you're talking about hundreds of a percent mm-hmm. in, in investing in in good strategic <clears throat> internal communication. And, and, and that's, that's one of the ways I try to talk to people about it is, you know, let's say you're, you're buying a company for $100 million, okay, which is not a tiny, but not an enormous acquisition. You can spend hundreds, thousands of a percent of that amount on good strategic internal communication to keep employees on both sides engaged and informed. And by doing that, you're preserving the value of what you just bought. Because if you don't do that and people get angry, people are confused, they don't know what's going on, they're distracted, they're too busy gossiping, productivity goes down. And instantly, you just bought something for $100 million. The value of that's gone down because nobody's working Mm -hmm. as much as they used to. Uh, And by spending a tiny, tiny fraction of the amount that you spent on that transaction, you can avoid that. Do you... So you've spoken a lot about kind of mergers, acquisitions, purchases of companies. Are are those the situations that you're brought in most around? I, I have some good experience on on that. They're kind of my favorite uh, scenarios to be involved with, as you might be able to tell I'm a little bit passionate about it. <laughs> uh, you know, there was one case earlier in my career that I uh, still look at as as one of my favorite accomplishments. I was working at a company. And I was brought in very early when they were considering being sold to a private equity firm and going private. This company uh, had given people universal stock options. So being a public company was a very big deal for thousands of employees. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we were going to announce that, hey, the company's going private and yeah, we'll cash out your options, but there's not going to be a stock price anymore. There's not going to be options anymore. There's going to be other things that we're going to do. We're not sure what those are going to be yet, but we knew this was going to rock everyone's world. And we came up with a communications plan that invoked a lot of the things that we've talked about, executive visibility and and clarity and, and all of that. And we made the announcement and within 48 hours of the announcement, the company posted its fourth largest sales day ever to date in the history of the company. And the CEO specifically credited our communication plan as helping the company to to get to that. And basically what happened is is we had this announcement. It certainly caught everybody's attention. It was distracting and anxiety provoking, but we communicated out there to the point where, like I said earlier, people kind of took it in and said, all right, 
Let's see how this goes. And they turned around and they got back to work. And, and that's where, you know, I, I think we can really prove our value as internal communicators. So that's kind of another reason why I like those, those situations. There's more of a, of a tangible return in a short period of time in those situations. But, you know, to have upper management say, hey, you guys really helped us out on this. Thank you. It was incredibly rewarding. Yeah, and that's a tremendous impact to be able to say that you delivered something very quantifiable and visible too, which had to feel great. So that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, and it, it did. And then, you know, going back to the other thing I said, though, is that it also meant that it had a good individual impact for the people working in that company. The fact that they were able to, with, with news of that import, for that they were able to turn around and get, and get back to work meant that we helped them, in those individuals, those people mm-hmm. that have mortgages and kids they want to send to college and all of that. We got them, we helped them understand what was going on as their job world was, you know, in some ways being turned upside down mm-hmm. to the extent where they could get back to work. And that, that felt good too. Yeah. And I think that that's really powerful and what it's all about at the end of the day, for sure. Now I'm curious, do most corporations in your view focus much on internal communication? I ask cause I've been, I've worked with companies through major transformations. Um, I've been part of companies that have been bought, sold, went private, public, whatever. And in any situation in my career, I can't think I've ever had a whiff of an internal communication strategy that was developed by somebody like yourself. Again, how much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Two minutes on this one. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's something I, you know, I'm I'm passionate about. No, I, I, it just. It doesn't. Uh, I, I think your experience is 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 all too common, where there doesn't seem to be, for whatever reason, somebody st- steering the communication ship in that uh, scenario. And that that is not a knock on on communications people at all. I'm sure, and you know, we see all these these communication missteps in the news, and I know that that there are people, the communication professionals, jumping up and down, trying, you know, knocking on doors, trying to get things done the right way. And they're just, they're just meeting resistance sometimes uh, from, from senior, senior leaders. You know, it's, it's getting, getting back to, to talking to those senior leaders about the benefit that, that internal communication can, can have. And it, it's, uh, it's very disappointing a lot of times where it's just, it's not, it's not as planful as it, as it should be. Now with, with COVID, you know, I think that a lot of companies, the light bulb has gone on where they can see the value of, of internal communication because internal communication folks are immediately relied upon right away when the pandemic really took off in terms of explaining, gosh, a whole host of things to to people in in, in organizations. And so mm-hmm. I've been talking about it. There's other people talking about it now saying, how can we use this moment to say, hey, See what we did there. We can do that here for all this other regular stuff that that we work on. And hopefully there'll be more that say, "Hey, you know, I want I want me some more of that." And so that that might that might help advance the profession. We can only hope. But first, have you ever thought about doing your own podcast? I'll tell you if you're a business owner, you absolutely should be. There's no better way to get your name out there, to grow your network and really develop a relationship with your customers. I can tell you in the short time that I've been doing this podcast, I've already had conversations with top global influencers, Fortune 500 CEOs, and a host of other really cool people 
that I otherwise would not have had the opportunity to connect with. But you might be thinking, hey, it might be really hard to do a podcast. I don't know where to start or I just don't have time. But I'll tell you, if you work with my friends at World Class Media, they make it super easy. That's who I worked with. With their done-for-you podcast, literally, all I have to do is just record the episode and they do everything else from end-to-end, including all editing and production, development of my intro and outro and music, my artwork and website, development of my show notes, and submission of my show to all the major podcasting mediums. They even created my social media cards. And they offer me coaching along the way as well to help me to become a world-class podcaster right out of the gate. So if you've ever considered starting a podcast, you owe it to yourself to talk to world-class media because that's how it's a lot easier than you think. So just go to gregjrice.com backslash done for you to learn more about the done for you podcast service and to set up a free consultation. All right, let's hop into the show. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a lot of value from a corporate perspective, but there's also value in just in a way taking care of their employees because they're communicating to them in a way that I don't want to say minimizes the impact, but helps them maybe get the most out of whatever the situation might be and creates the least amount of stress for them. Yeah. It's, it's about getting the most, I think, out of, out of people and whether it's a tough situation or if it's just, you know, Hey, here's a new strategy. Here's a new product. You know, we've, we've all, we've all seen situations where there was an internal communication opportunity and we've, and, 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 and it wasn't, taken advantage of, you know, how many times, you know, you'll, you'll see an ad on TV or someplace for a new product or a new service that a company is offering and say, Hey, great, I'm, I'm going to go in and, and check that out. And then you go to the store and you, you talk to the person behind the counter and you say, Hey, I saw that ad and I want to, I'm looking to buy this sort of thing. And, you know, say it along with me, they have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's a failed moment of internal communication. There was something n- different that that person needed to do in their organization to help a customer, to help the company move into a new product segment, what, what have you, but it wasn't communicated to them about what they need to do. And so there's a missed opportunity with a customer standing right there, ready to pay for something that was missed. So, you know, there's, it's, these are everyday interactions. It probably happened five times as I was t- saying that story somewhere in the world. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and, and, and those are just, those are reg- everyday opportunities that are, that are missed, unfortunately. And my, one of the thought on that is a lack of communicating effectively creates kind of a void and a black hole where typically nothing but bad things sprout from. Right. So I'm thinking about particular examples in my career where like, maybe there's been a significant leadership change, right? Somebody who everybody knew was performing really well was all of a sudden let go. And we don't know why. And, you know, what does that mean to the organization and my future with the organization and those kinds of things? And without any clear communication around what happened or why or any positioning around it, you're left to rumors uh, about what's going on that may or may not be true. And that doesn't help the company or the employees at all. Yeah. Radio silence is tough. And it's also, that is also an act of communicating. It goes back to everything communicates. Even not communicating is communicating. And I, I've been in similar situations that you you've just mentioned, and sometimes you know again there's personnel things that you can't or people don't want to talk about, <laughs> and you know you you, you kind of have to de- defer to that. But there have also been times where you know we'll talk about an announcement that needs to be made, and I'll write something up based on the information that I have, and I'll look at it and I'll say yeah, this 
needs to be stronger. It's missing some context here. Uh, it's not going to seem like we're leveling with people. And then I'll go back to a senior executive and explain that. And for whatever reason, they don't want to fix it. Mm. And sometimes, or maybe they'll, maybe you mention three things to them and they only engage with one of those things. So I, I think part of being an internal communicator is understanding that you're not always going to be able to make things a hundred percent perfect or, you know, the textbook internal communication solution that you think it should be that you might've learned about in a training or in a class or what have you, but almost always we make it better. Mm -hmm. And I, I think to myself that if, Hey, if, uh, if I made a difference, if my work made a difference, if it made it better than it would have been, if I wasn't here, then that's a win. Mm-hmm. And and so those are the situations that that you just described. I think are are sometimes what we're what we're faced with. We do as much as we can. You know, I've been used used to throughout my career of uh, you know getting slapped down here or there. You know, you 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 kind of try to walk up to the line as far as you can, and every now and then you get a tippy toe over the line, and and they slap you back down. And I'm okay, I'm okay with that. You know, it's part of the got to do that. Know where the line is, right? Right. Now it just tells you where the line is exactly. So you you can't be afraid to have that happen either. But uh, it just means that you know, hey, if if this is better because I was here, then then all right, then that's that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. So to change topics a bit, you wrote a blog post about communicating up effectively, right? And, and ways that you might even be able to encourage your boss and your leadership, right? I'd love to get your thoughts on how we can communicate up better, right? Because I think a lot of folks in the audience are, you know, trying to understand how they can communicate more effectively with their leadership. Yeah. Part of what I was trying to get at in that, in that post is this notion of positive reinforcement. And, and showing leaders when you're working with them that when they do something right, where it, it helps with, with communication, flag that for them because mm-hmm. that helps them process what it is you're asking them to do or would be asking them to do in the future. So for the example that I talked about with that company being bought by, by private equity, they brought me in really early we sat down, we had conversations about what was happening. I was able to come back and ask more questions and, and really take a deep dive into what was going on so I could be as strategic as possible with my communication plan. I specifically made a point of saying to the executives, see what we did there, these conversations, let's do more of those. Mm-hmm. Let's do more of those in the future when there's something like this happening. And what that enables them to say, and then, you know, the thing works so well, that enables them to, to say, well, they, they can connect the dots in their mind where they're saying, okay, I understand what he's saying now, what I did, he liked, I'm going to do that again. And that helps, that's one way of getting leaders to do what you want them to do is to flag when they do something and don't be bashful about it because they, they want to do a good job. I mean, they want to mm-hmm. help you and, and, and be the best leader they can and, and to manage you as best as possible. So you're actually helping them by saying, hey, that thing you did there was really, really helpful to me. And, and boy, it would be great if we could do more of that. And it really gives you an avenue, I think, to influence broader strategy beyond your seat, right? Because your leader likely has more 
um, power over the strategy than you do. But in your case, right, you said, let's do more of that. So you're impacting the broader strategy um, that you're not necessarily in charge of making the decisions about. So it's really interesting. Absolutely. And that that other CEO that I talked about who was was authentic to the point where he was almost low energy, I, I would, I would, talk to him, you know, frequently about his authenticity and, and how people responded to that. And I think you could see it kind of click someplace. So I think that he thought that, okay, well, if I do that thing, then people are going to listen to me. Maybe he's in another meeting then where he feels, oh, I better be authentic here. And he becomes more effective in that meeting. So you're helping with, with someone's, you know, individual leadership style too. I saw a, a CFO once, finance guy, present in a town hall. And sometimes, you know, when a CFO goes up there, that's when everybody's kind of eyes glaze over. And it becomes <laughs> Well, he was really, he was really passionate about not only, I mean, he talked about the numbers, yes, but he talked about the role of finance being a support department in the organization. And we're rooting for all of you to increase sales. And it was just really a, a great CFO message that you don't ordinarily hear from a CFO. And I made a point the next day or two to go back to his office and say, what you said over there was fantastic. And that's not what people normally hear or normally expect from a CFO. So I think more of that will help you connect with the broader organization. And so he flags that in his mind and makes sure that he works that into future communications. So, and that helps you as a communicator get another senior leader who's a communications advocate. Mm-hmm. So it, it benefits both of you. So I think positive reinforcement when managing up can be very, very effective. Very cool. Uh, another topic, kind of something I saw on your website I wanted to ask you about. Why do the best conversations happen after 4.30 p.m.? <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, it, it, I, I talk about it on the, on the website as or coaching conversations as 4.30 p.m. conversations. And I, it's just, I, I found that it's, it's toward the end of the day. It's not quite at the end of the day when people are trying to beat traffic or get home for dinner, but the day is winding down. You're kind of reflecting on what happened, thinking about the next day, perhaps, and people tend to be reflective around that at that point, especially if somebody had a bad day and you know, it's it's 4.30. It's almost time for me to go home. I just got to finish up wrapping up a few things here. But, you know, this guy got me angry and this thing got me frustrated. And and I found that if you kind of knock on the, somebody's door at that hour, they're just more willing to talk and look at things more from a, a broader perspective, from a big picture perspective, rather than focusing on, oh, I've got to get to the next meeting, or now people might have a meeting at 4.30 or 5 o'clock or what have you. But it, it's just people tend to be a little more reflective and big picture focused around that time. And th- you can be a sounding board for people. You can just let them vent for an hour before they do have to go home. And sometimes it's a good time of day just to float a few ideas by somebody where they can think about it on the way home or maybe think about it on the way back in the next day. It's just a, it's a mindset in the cycle of the day that I think is, is a nice time to be that trusted advisor, that strategic counselor for people. Love it. Love it. And I, I can uh, agree to that in my career that I've had a lot of powerful conversations 
like after the closing bell, right? At the end of the day, right? Some of them later than they probably should have been, but you know how that goes. <laughs> yes. Um, I well, yeah. I mean, you go sit down at four thirty, and then you look at your watch, and it's six thirty, and it's like, well, I was supposed to be home a half an hour ago, and now mm-hmm. I have a phone call to make. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. I remember my first job was in kind of commercial banking, and I had to get approvals for everything from my leadership. Um, like he was kind of like a sole man loan review committee, and he was only ever available like hours after work, you know, so going to his office at like six o'clock just to have the conversation about this, but those would last like an hour. And we talk about 20 different things, um, which are always great conversations. My wife didn't like it so much that I had to stay so long to get it done, but it was what it was. Yeah. There's something about that hour. Uh, and I think that, that you can, you know, if you're a little planful about it, you can use that to your advantage in in helping build trust and become that that advisor to to somebody and at that you know that might make them more apt to come and and talk to you when they have another problem maybe not at the end of the day but maybe in the middle of the day or the beginning of the day (laughs) or they'll seek you out to have lunch and say hey let's um i've been noodling this around what do you think and and so forth so uh, yeah those are those are good conversations to have yeah yeah so just a couple more questions i like to ask everybody who i have on the show Yeah. The first one is around the power of conversations. So I like to ask everybody who's on the show, if they can point to one conversation in their lives that they had that had a meaningful impact on the direction that they ended up taking. You know, I think about that. I think back uh, actually to high school and a conversation my parents had with me. Mm -hmm. And I was a junior, I believe at the time. And the position of editor-in-chief for the high school newspaper was available. And I was assuming, and everybody assumed, that this position was going to go to, I guess, what was the heir apparent who had been anointed in the politics of high school journalism (laughs) uh, to, to take this seat. And I guess I must have mentioned to my parents that, you know, boy, hey, that would be cool if, if I could do that. No, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be this other guy. Everybody thinks it's going to be this other guy, so I'm not going to apply. And they said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You know, if, if this is something you want, throw your hat in the ring. It's not disrespectful to anybody else. You don't have an unfair advantage to everybody else, but you, you know, you have a right to apply and be considered for that just as anybody else does. If you want something, go and get it. And I did and played by the rules and I got the position. And I, you know, I still think back to that, to that conversation, like, you know, uh, if it's don't necessarily count yourself out, if it's something that you want, throw your hat in the ring. You never know what might happen. Yeah. I'm sure that played through when you decided to build your own company, right. And throw your hat in the ring and go after it. A lot of folks would love to do that and don't have the courage to take that step. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, we, I've heard a lot of talk lately about imposter syndrome. I think we all go through that Mm -hmm. uh, from time to time. And and that was hold. That's the sort of thing that could hold us back. But I I remember specifically that moment, I can almost picture the conversation that was at the kitchen table (laughs) and, and it stuck with me. That's great. That's great. That's exactly what I mean by the power of conversations. Just one conversation can, can really change your life, which is great. So second question Thinking about all that you've accomplished so far, if there's one communication skill that you could have in more abundance that would have made it easier, what would that be? Instantly conveying to people or conveying to people faster the big picture 
for something. I think the power of communication comes from people aligning on objectives uh, and the results that we want to get from communication and sticking to that as we as we move forward. Sometimes I wish I could get to that a little faster or be able to explain that a little better to people because I think that just has a, a, a great impact on, on any communication uh, initiative. So, Absolutely. And last question, who is the best communicator that you know, either know of or know personally, and why do you say that about them? Uh, it was a former CEO that I, that I worked with, and, and he communicated with kind of all those principles that, that I talked about before, uh, humanity, authenticity, clarity, told it like it was, if, if he had to, but always made sure and always remembered that he was talking to people that, um, you know, that had hopes and dreams just like everybody else and that his words carried a lot of weight and he was very careful on how he did it, but also wanted to, you know, uh, wanted, did, didn't, he actively sought not to separate himself from, from people, even down to the car that he drove. Uh, mm. He drove kind of an ordinary car, even though he could afford basically anything he wanted, uh, and then some. But he he felt that even pulling into the parking lot in a certain car and getting out and having people see him was an act of communication, just coming and going. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was incredibly enlightened. I think the world would be a much better place if there were a lot of people who had the power and influence and wealth that that he had that could also have that sense of humanity and humility. Yeah, absolutely. And that was not the low energy guy, right? No, no, no. Different guy. (laughs) He had his strengths too, but yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. Well, then final, final question. Where can folks learn more about what you're doing? Where, Where can they find you? Where can they connect with you? Yeah. So my website, www.insidecoms.com is the main website for my company, Inside Comms. And we are training, coaching, and consulting for internal communication, developing out right now a suite of online internal communication training just for internal communication folks. Also, it'd be helpful for executives and other folks who want to communicate better, but it's really designed for internal communication professionals. A lot of people get into internal communications for whatever reason in this country, uh, sort of as a second or third choice, or they kind of wound up there or thought it sounded interesting and they want to give it a shot, but didn't necessarily have any courses on it in college or prior mm-hmm. experience at work. And so this is a way to try to ground people a little bit more knowledge of the profession and give them a little more confidence and help them build their careers and be more effective in their current jobs as well. So that offering is called Inside Comms Plus. We have a separate website for that, which is plus.insidecoms.com, but you could also get to it from the main website at www.insidecoms.com. Very cool. uh, Oh, and then LinkedIn, good old LinkedIn. I'm on uh, LinkedIn all the time. (laughs) <laughs> Good deal. Well, definitely check that out if you're looking to communicate more effectively internally with your teams, or especially if you're an inside um, communication uh, professional, right? That was the term I was looking for. Somebody yeah. who works in the space today um, also be tremendously valuable, but really a lot of value for anybody, I think. 
So Gary, thank you for your time today. A great conversation diving into the world of internal communications where I did not have a lot of visibility previous to this, um, which might speak to some of the corporations I've worked for. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I hope to be come across it more in the future because I think it's a really valuable thing. So thank you very much. Yeah, this was a blast. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. And uh, uh, appreciate the chance to be able to talk about something that's very passionate to me, for me. Thanks, Gary. Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the Communication Nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life. And that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.